Welcome to this week's episode of Relaunch My Life Radio. This week, I'm joined by the beautiful Corrine Allison, who is the owner of Lionheart Mindset. She is a business and mindset coach and business consultant, and she brings such a broad background of corporate business, general management, but she's also studied all of our levels of training at Evolve and Relaunch and really helps people to understand the impact of their self-talk, their thoughts and emotions in order to create more contentment in life. This is such a beautiful, powerful interview to really help you to get unstuck and to help you to feel inspired to fear less and live more. Enjoy this week's episode with Corrine Allison from Lionheart Mindset. Welcome to Relaunch My Life Radio. I'm your host, Juliet Lever, and a few years ago, I personally relaunched my own life from being a workaholic, alcoholic, and chocoholic to now living a life of my own design. I'm on a mission to free you from an unfulfilling job or passionless life. And so with 10-minute tips and 30-minute interviews and stories to tune into, Tune in to Relaunch My Life Radio to discover your highest potential and feel inspired to live a life of zero regrets. If you want more, be sure to hit subscribe and visit us at www.relaunchmyliferadio.com for more. Well, I'm so pleased to be introducing today's guest on Relaunch My Life Radio, Corrine, how are you this morning? Hi, Julia. I'm so well, thank you. And I'm so happy and excited to be having this chat with you today. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Oh, you're such a beautiful human. Well, I'd love to actually start off this interview with asking you a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world at the moment. So who I am at the moment is I am a master NLP practitioner, hypnotherapist, a mindset transition coach, and I'm also a business consultant. And I combine for many people, particularly those working in the SME sector and corporate, um, a combination of mindset and business um, coaching and consulting to help them yeah, move forward with their businesses or their careers or whatever it is in life. It's to help people. I'm here to help people lead themselves through life and business. Yeah, and I respect you so much in not only your breadth and depth of experience that you have, but also just your really balanced approach to things. And you have, I think, the epitome of the balance between the the practical and the soulful. You know, you're, you're very practical, but you also yeah. bring this real humanness to your work. So I'm excited to have a conversation. And for those of you who haven't met you, your business, tell us a bit about your business and the name and how you came to that decision to call your business what it is? Um, well, I'm Lionheart Society and with under that the umbrellas are Lionheart Mindset and Lionheart Business Management. And Lionheart came about because I worked in corporate for a very long time. I was one of those people who had the golden handcuffs, very hard to leave, knowing what you want to do in life, which is to coach and consult and teach and help people. But you're, you're caught up in the corporate world. And so I was with a group of incredible women and we were talking about how I needed to step away and out 
and what that needed, what I needed to do to be that. And it was like, well, I've got to be brave and I've got to be courageous and I want to continue to grow and evolve. And from that session, it's just like, well, that's like being fearless. And what does fearless mean? And it means being lionhearted and being brave. And from that came the word lionheart. And so for me to be able to help people become brave and courageous in their own life as they grow and evolve, that's pretty much what the name is all about. I love that. I love that. And you're so right about that idea of the golden handcuffs. What is that like? What is it like to actually experience that and be kind of stuck in that? It's it's actually the ruttiest rut I think you could be in because you know you've when you've got golden handcuffs, it means that you have achieved so many things. And usually when you're at that time where you've got golden handcuffs, you've got the life that society tells us we need to have. You've got the spouse, house, kids, car, career, holidays. You've got all of the things. But the thing that you don't have is that little light of fulfillment because you're just going through the motions and you know that there's something more you can be doing, but you're caught up in all of the everything and that constant ladder climbing and and everything that goes with it and it can be very hard to leave and it can start to feel a bit like a jail Mm. Um, and it's not a good place to be and a lot of people get stuck there. Definitely. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that can resonate either through where they've been or maybe where they are still at this stage as well. And so what, what were some of the or what was one of the major turning points in your life to be doing the work that you're doing now? Well, um, it's something that I have wanted to do for a very long time, but it was, you know, sometimes things have to happen that actually are the causing agents for big change. And I think through every decade, and, and most of us who grow and evolve, through every decade, something big happens where you go, oh, I need to make some big changes and relaunch my life. Mm. Um, but when I turned um, 50, I realised that my marriage was at an end and, you know, we had two children. We'd been together for nearly 30 years and I knew it was coming and that was time. Now, I also knew that I was very unfulfilled in my career, but sometimes you can't make too much big change all at once. So the marriage ended and I thought that once that ended and I was starting to feel happier about things, my world would be right. But it actually wasn't because I needed to dig deeper and I needed to realised that I wasn't being myself and living purposefully in the career that I had. And so I had to step away from the vehicle. And by doing that, that's how I ended up meeting your Paul Mm. and doing my first lot of NLP and loved it and then went on to Hypno and then did my master prac with you and Paul. Mm. And It was that that helped give me the insights and really helped me to reconnect with myself and to understand that even though I was intentional about the changes I wanted to make in my life and how I could um, change my career completely and start to be more giving to the world rather than taking for myself, um, it was habits between habits that can self-sabotage and it, you have to be really brave and step out to be able to, yeah, make the changes that you want to make that are life last, you know, long-lasting for your life. 
And so what, when you said that, I mean, you've kind of summarized a lot of transition in about a minute or two explaining, <laughs> you know, what, what was that like for you? You know, you, you ended your marriage at, you know, just after you turned 50, you started learning more about yourself. Like, tell us a bit about how that was for you. Like, were there any moments of like, gosh, have I done the right thing? Or, or tell us about what was going through your mind in that journey. Um. With my marriage, there was no doubt that I had done the right thing. And um, it was just processing a lot of things and reestablishing the way our family became because, you know, the relationships and dynamics of all of that change. And I never doubted I was on the right path. And once I had established that I was, the relationship with my adult children was where we all felt comfortable and supported, that's when it was time to move on for me. And yeah. I think a lot of not just women, people, but particularly women will understand when you've had been a mother and you've had a, a pretty dynamic career, you do put yourself last. Even though you're putting yourself first with your career and the things that you want and to get out of that, you actually put your inside self last a lot. And when you've gotten to 50 and you've been living life for other people and being the people pleaser that we tend to turn into being, rediscovering that it's actually okay for yourself to emerge and to start pleasing yourself can be a pretty volatile and tumultuous journey and it's very uncomfortable because we are taught from the beginning that if we put ourselves first, we're selfish and particularly as mothers and working mothers, you know, we are taught that we're quite selfish. And so understanding that I wasn't being selfish and that I was actually worthy and deserving of my time and attention, um, yeah, was quite an emotional experience. Mm, yeah, definitely. I love when you said you just, you know, you actually let yourself emerge through all of putting everyone else and and you're exactly right. It may seem on the outside that being a, a, a mother who also has a career, she's putting the career first, but it's actually just like another thing that is going ahead of her. So um, that's that's even more powerful realising that. And so your experience studying NLP and hypnotherapy and master prac, like though our courses are not surface level, right? They, they give you oh, skills to help others. They give you skills to help others, but they really get you to to dig into the unconscious blocks and beliefs and how did those trainings like really shift your perspective and, and even for yourself, how did that change you as a person? I think they change all of us as a person and, and you know, I've still, we're a, we're a great community in the Evolve and Relaunch community and, and a lot of us that have done the courses stay very close because we go so deep together. Yeah. Um, and I think the things that stand out are, you know, we're so afraid of pain and we just don't want to go there because it's going to hurt so much. But one of the highlights for me was realising that the, the deeper I dug to get to what, you know, we call the oil and the, and the root cause, the deeper I dug, the more I understood how worthy I was. And mm. I didn't realise that I, by going through so much pain, I would get so much joy. And that was actually a big turning point for me because, it's meant that nothing hurts quite like it did because I know it's just a process <laughs> and I understand that the process is there for me to learn whatever lessons I have to learn if I allow myself to let go and give myself the space and time. 
And then that gives me then something to be able to move forward and make either great changes for myself or help other people tap into how they can make great changes for themselves. Mm, I think that's such important perspective, especially at a time in the world right now where there is a lot of change and uncertainty and for people to remember that it is just all a process and sometimes the more pain, the more joy that comes through the transition as well. So you have a really unique position in your business consulting that you actually work in a lot of different industries in where you're consulting so I'd love to kind of understand what is the impact you've you've experienced or seen on workplaces but also I guess mental well-being in workplaces and resilience yeah it's that's a great question because I work in healthcare and academia um, as well as have business clients from and, and mindset clients from, you know, so many different industry sectors. In healthcare, you know, they are frontline. And um, what we saw at the very beginning was that everybody started working a lot harder. And there was so much change in the information that we were given because, you know, everybody was flying by the seat of their pants in the beginning. And we didn't know what was going on. So if you think back to March last year when we started our initial lockdowns, Everybody's businesses went on hold as we just worked very reactively every day. Now, that's very hard for business, as you know, because working reactively means you're not working responsively and your strategies go out the window and everything else goes out the window and then there's a whole degree of fear and how do you protect your staff because they're on the front line. Um, And everybody started to get very burnt out. And just as we were starting to recover from that, then the vaccine program started and now everybody's burnt out all over again because, um, you know, private, the private sector is a huge part of the workforce that's got to vaccinate everyone. And, and usually the public hear things on the Channel 7 news in the morning before we even know what changes we're making for the day. Right. Um, and it means that because everybody is so uncertain, the the receptionists and those types of um, positions um, face a lot more abuse because we've got anxious community and we've got a community of people who just want what they want and they want it now because they're living in a place of fear. And, yeah, it's very hard to contend with a lot of that. So, um yeah, we're putting a lot of resources and time and energy into helping people on the front line uh, still feel valued, still feel worthy, and, and you know, to connect with them is really important. In academia, it changed a lot, um, and I was a, a face-to-face lecturer teaching undergrads and MBA students, and that was really great. But in the week that COVID hit the world, my company um, moved 5,300 lecturers to online that's internationally. I mean, that's an amazing feat. Wow. And it all, all of a sudden became online lecturers. So instead of st- working with a class, and I teach subjects like business psychology, coaching and mentoring, emotional intelligence, cultural intelligence, and next minute I was teaching that online. And so you don't have that same connection and the classes went for three hours. And it was fine in the beginning, but Um, As it went on and with all of our students, some couldn't get back, so we became international lecturers, people were all over the place. So in our classes and as we were diving deep into those topics, we had people actually living in some of the countries that had really bad um, COVID results, you know, like Brazil and India, 
and we had people who was were stuck here and couldn't get to their families going through all of that. So what I found increasingly um, as the year and a half progressed was that people were really struggling because they couldn't focus on their assignments. They were having trouble being in and out of lockdown. These were people who um, lost their jobs because they worked mainly in hospitality, cleaning. It was the people who were the delivery drivers that were actually doing better. Um, and, you know, I was dealing more and more with people's mental health issues as their teacher. And I stepped away from teaching early this year when the trimester finished because I just found that it was affecting me as well. And the workload just, again, became so heavy. So because instead of having 25 students face-to-face, I ended up with 44 per class. That's a lot of marking, Juliet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know. So it's it- like there was this you know, just this added pressure that intensified on top of all the uncertainty. It's like, oh, you're going through a significant traumatic situation worldwide. And then on top of that, we've got even more pressure and things on top. Do you think in a way, though, it has raised awareness of the importance of resilience and mental health and and maybe wellness projects in the workplace that maybe weren't seen as as serious before? I think what I've noticed since this has started that we're all talking about our mental health a lot more and it was becoming a subject that we were talking about a lot and you know we've had our UOK day and it's it's our UOK day today and we're talking about this and you know um, I think that part of the part of the problem we have with mental health is that everybody is affected now with what's going on and it's terrible. You know, people have been in lockdown for months and it it lessens your resilience because you can't see an end. I yeah. guess one of the good things about being so much older and also having experienced so many different business cycles and experience with business is knowing that no matter how long something lasts, sooner or later it ends. And when you have that perspective, sometimes it just... It helps you somewhat and that can help give you a little bit of resilience because you know this isn't forever. You know that there's a way out eventually. We don't know what it is, but we know that we're going to be able to navigate some sort of blueprint for ourselves, perhaps not collectively, but for ourselves as individuals. And that's what the key to resilience is, is knowing I can't do anything about this now. It's not going to be forever. So what choices do I have right now to think about how I want to feel, think, behave, act in this moment? Mm. And so is that really in terms of like working with you, whether you are business consulting or whether you're working one-on-one, I feel like you would bring such a sort of strategic approach to helping people unpack the the knots and the tangles in their thinking and their feelings. Is that how you would describe the work you do? I think so. I think so because you've got to have a strategy for everything and a lot of people don't like the word strategy and, you know, I get a lot of clients saying, I don't want to set goals, I hate setting goals, but you've got to have an idea of where you're heading. Otherwise, what are you doing? You're just standing stuck in mud the whole time. You've Sooner or later you've got to step out of it. And so knowing where you're heading, but I think understanding why you're heading there, like having great intentionality behind where it is you want to head And sometimes we forget about that. We just want things and we want things to be different. We want things to be more 
We don't know really why we want them or how it's going to make us feel. And, you know, we do that a lot with our work, Julia, and you've taught us. It, so many things are about how we're thinking, moving, feeling at the time where we achieve what it is we want to achieve. Yeah. And it's yep. so important, isn't it? Because how are you going to really know how you're going to um, achieve what you want to achieve if you don't know that actual what that end result may feel like? Oh, exactly. And then that that trap of people setting goals of, oh, I just I want to be happy. And they think that the thing is the thing that's going to make them happy. And then they achieve the thing and they don't feel happy. And so being able to change the way you feel and, and access emotions in the present and know that it's not actually attached to things you do. But, you know, we are goal-seeking creatures and we're always going to be more aligned and balanced and feel more fulfilled if we are striving towards something. And I think that's what's really caused a lot of people in the last year and a half to kind of maybe feel a little destabilised is the goals that they thought they had. Like for some people, their goal is they want to just be able to take a holiday every year. And so we've had to learn different strategies. We've had to learn to laterally think and go, okay, well, even if I can't go overseas, where where can I go? And then the borders change again and you can't go where you thought you could go. Okay, well, maybe I have a staycation. And, and I think it's taught us to really make the best of what we have and to think outside the box, which is really a powerful skill. And I think what we're going to need in this world over the next, you know, few decades especially as our planet evolves so I think yeah you just bring such a sense of strength and softness you know you've got this real beautiful way of kind of like landing things with clarity and softness at the same time and I think everything that you're talking about really illustrates how mindset is really everything isn't it and in the workplace that's especially important you know you would see I'm sure you know the the workplaces that are excelling and adapting and resilient they're just you know thinking differently about things and and responding differently rather than just trying the same thing over and over and expecting different results where the world is changing so rapidly yeah when you when you keep doing the same thing expecting different results that's you know a whole new level of just silly but you know (laughs) We talk about how we have become less resilient over time because we are, have been very comfortable, really, as a, as a nation and, and in Western society. We, we've been very, we're very affluent. We've been very comfortable. And when you have all of that comfort, you become less resilient. You become a little more lazy because things come more easily to us. It doesn't mean that none of us have worked hard, but, you know, we've been very privileged. And so... Previously, coaching people to get, you know, they haven't been fulfilled, and but they don't want to step out of their comfort zone. They don't want to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And so if we're going to look for blessings or silver linings in anything, the one thing that COVID has brought us is an ability to become more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because as you know, that's where you've got to go for growth. Um, and so that's how I think we will build more resilience for ourselves and you know, workplaces as well. We can't be comfortable. We never know what's happening next. I'm planning to catch up with my daughter who lives in Western Australia in a couple of weeks, but we're not going to get excited about that until we're actually looking at each other. Yeah, Um, We're getting comfortable with being uncomfortable with all sorts of things. And, you know, there's always something else that we can do if the plan doesn't go forward. And business is like that and it's always been like that. But as we become more accepting of that, I think, that a lot of us are going to actually level up higher than we ever have before or conceived could be possible in such a short period of time because, yeah, we really have no choice. 
Mm, yes, I fully agree with that. And yeah, I love that. I remember when my mum and I were planning our trip to Uluru earlier this year and it got cancelled and we had to reschedule. And then even, you know, two days before we still were like, you know what, we just keep visualising ourselves there. And if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, we'll just have a few days off together and go to a, you know, go and do something else in Adelaide. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it's awesome to have that approach to things. And I definitely agree with you that that's, it's taught people to, I think, as well, be more grateful when we can do things rather than just take, take, take it for granted that everything is always out on the table. So, so one thing I know I'm really excited about is in a few weeks' time, we're going to be starting another journey together. You're part of my birth yeah. your book program so yeah. I'm so excited to be a part of your journey of birthing your book and you are someone that has got so much wisdom and so I'm curious if you're willing to share a little bit about what what are some of the seeds that you're planting or what your intention is for your book if you know yet well I, I'm some of them are dripping through <laughs> but I always think we don't know until we know how it's going to turn out and I was talking to a friend about it the other day and I was saying, and she said, I think you've got two books. And I said, oh, my goodness, I've just, poor Juliet, if I've got two books, I, sh- I just need to write the first. But it's, I talk a lot about inner critic and inner champion in the work that I do. Mm. And, you know, the inner, champ- the inner critic is the one that we all know. It's the one that tells you, you know, you should be better, you should be happier, you should be all the things, you're not good enough whatever it is, whatever it says to you, that's the critic. And and that can be the conversation that's in our head a lot as we beat ourselves up. But the inner champion is that soft whisper, that supporting one. And and I think we lose connection with that. And um, you need to have your inner champion on side if you want to make any great changes in life. Because when you go through big transitions in life or even little transitions let's say it's something like yeah you might want to change your career but you might want to give up smoking or you might want to cut down your drinking lose weight you might want to you know just change something about your life when we set up our life there's a lot of habits in everything that we do and you think right these are the things that I need to change to be able to make these changes and I'll get there from here but there are habits within habits that we don't necessarily see. And when we're not looking at them and we're not understanding that these habits within the habits can self-sabotage us, that inner critic can really take over because all it sees is that we are not being successful or um, remaining intentional with the goals and dreams that we set for ourselves. And by embracing our inner champion and allowing Um, the critic and the champion to become better friends and so that the three of us are best friends me my critic and my champion then you know you get better balance you're better able to understand the habits within the habits and start to change them so that you actually do invoke real lifelong change I don't know how I'm going to put that into a book Juliet and I'm looking forward to unpacking that with you as we start working the way through oh that sounds Awesome. I think that's so important. And I really love the fact that you're embracing all of them because I think sometimes people make the inner critic bad and wrong, but that can 
serve a purpose. And just like what you were talking about before, that that challenge can make us stronger as long as it's balanced with the the inner uh, champion as well. So I can see it already. I'm excited to read your book and absolutely honoured to have you a part of the journey and all of the people in the course. It's just so cool to see all the different unique ideas. And I hear that a lot. Like when people start the process, I think there's actually more than one book and that is really common. So I, um, I'm, I'm, you know, more than happy for you to come in round two next year and you can do the next lot. So uh, one thing I wanted to ask is, you know, I think you've really touched on a lot of important points and I know that you've got a really important program that you are releasing later this month. I'd love for you to talk to our listeners about what exactly it is and how they can get involved with you. Sure, thank you. Well, it's I'm running a series. Um, we've called it the Great Leader Series, and it's a three-part. So we've already run the first part, and the second part is, yes, running at the later this month. And so my, my whole purpose is to help people and guide people as they lead themselves in life and business. And, every you know, there's people out there who go, well, actually, I'm not a leader, I'm a follower, but we can't be just followers in our own life. You might like to be the follower in business. You might like other people to take the lead. But if you are always following other people and not leading yourself, then you're not tapping into what makes you happy and fulfilled. And you actually become dissatisfied and disengaged with life itself. And, you know, there's actually 85% of Australian workers who are disengaged in their work. They're not leading themselves anywhere, Juliet. You know, they're just stuck in their jobs. They're doing the daily groundhog day, the daily grind, and they're not happy. So this program is to help people assess where are you now, where do you want to go, and how can you get there, and can you get there? And, of course, you can get there from here. And so the second series, uh, second part of the series is expand your mind. So it's actually allowing yourself to think about where you are now and where it is that you want to go and what do I have to do to get there like it's it's about taking some ownership responsibility accountability um, for your life and the way that you're feeling and becoming more aligned and intentional looking at habits within habits embracing that self-talk critic and champion and connecting with yourself so you can start to be more curious about what's possible. So what we're doing is we're, we're really starting to feel where we are in our comfort zone and how we're going to step through out of that, getting ready to be um, comfortable with being uncomfortable because then that's the next program, which is step into your power where you learn ways to be comfortable with being uncomfortable in your growth zone, which is the zone of lifelong growth, evolution and fulfillment. So they're the sorts of things that we're covering in the program. Mm. And so if people want to find out more about it, I'm going to pop all the links to be able to connect with Corrine in the show notes. So feel free to find out more about it. And so I think that sounds super important and very powerful. And I know just people being in your presence absolutely transform, get clarity get strength and and move forward on things that maybe they've been putting off as well so speaking of maybe if when we because we're going to kind of close and wrap up now and I want to thank you for your insights and everything that you've shared and I just adore you and so thank you I'd love for you to maybe for the person who's listening to this and either has the golden handcuffs 
or is feeling stuck in a rut, what would your advice be to them? My advice would be to them is just to simply say there is more and there is a way out. It does take work and it does take being brave. But when you do this, when you make the move, when you make the transition and you start to have clarity about what it was, what it is you want, you start to see the beauty in all of life's moments. You discover that you have true worth and you treat yourself as you deserve to be treated. And that is, you know, what life is all about, bravely going wherever it is that you want to go and love the pathways that you forge for yourself in life. And sometimes it sounds a bit cliche when we say that, but once you start doing the work on yourself and you allow yourself to have these insights, the transformations that I see in my clients and I know that other coaches who do this work, the, the transformations are just phenomenal and, you know, you're worth it. It's Life is so fleeting, it's so short and time goes so fast. You you just get one shot at it. So just take it and, you know, work, come and work with me or any, any of our other coaches and, you know, develop a working blueprint that shines the light home to you and your lion heart. Thank you so much. And I will pop all the links for people to get in touch with you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being on Relaunch My Life Radio. This has been something oh, we've been wanting to you. arrange for a while. So I'm glad yeah. we finally made it happen. And yeah, thank you. Have an amazing day. And thank you so much for all the little light bulbs and insights and ahas that you've shared today. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Juliet. Thank you for having me. And I've loved being your guest today. That's this week's episode from Relaunch My Life Radio, live from Australia. Visit us at relaunchmyliferadio.com for more. And remember, it's never too late to relaunch your life.